Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I am here with Sarah because it's Saturday. Hello, everybody. And we're like not in the same place today. You are at your house. I am in my office, but we are both watching the snowfall. Yes, and it's so beautiful. And it's so nice because we don't have to shovel at this point. I know. (laughs) I know. It's really nice until it gets to the point where it's super inconvenient. Exactly. Hey, so I want to kind of put us both on the spot um, to kick off today's episode instead of diving right into the questions because it's still very early in the new year, but I want to ask you, and I'm happy to go first if you want to think about it for a second, but I want to ask you, what is one thing you want to stop doing in 2020? What is one thing you want to start doing? And what is one thing you want to continue doing? Oh, man. You know, you couldn't have like prompted me before we started recording, right? I never do. (laughs) I know. That's just not how we roll. I can go for, I haven't really thought about it either, but I'm happy to go first if you want to think about it. Sure. Yeah. I want to stop rushing, like stop having a very high sense of urgency for everything, (laughs) whether that is cooking dinner or getting something done at work or just feeling pressured in my day. I just, I want to stop rushing through days. That is so super important to me for sure. Okay. I want to start, hmm, gosh, there's so many things in that. And I'm always like, well, gosh, I don't really know. Cause I'm going to be, I'm going to start being a mom. That seems like an awfully big one. <laughs> um, like huge even. Uh, I want to start structuring my days a little bit differently, again, all subject to, you know, having a newborn and all of that. But I want to get back to doing my workouts first thing in the morning. Um, that is, that is something, even if they're at home, I would love to have that be something that I always do before I start working. Uh, and then I want to continue meditating. It is so freaking good for me, and I I can convince myself that, you know, I don't have time today or it needs to be shorter today, but it's one of those things that's a true investment in my time. I'm so much more productive and so much more focused and efficient and happier when I'm meditating than, than when I'm not, or when I'm meditating for longer than for less time. So those are mine. Okay. Those are good ones. I like them. But totally off the top of my head. So what about you? What do you want to stop doing in 2020? What comes to mind initially is being impatient or I guess that that's really should be like start practicing patience. Mm. Um, I tend to just, I don't know. I, I've always been an, an impatient person. So 
I'm going to try to stop that or okay. pause it at least. Um, I would love to start getting more systems into place, um, specifically with work, but also with like regular daily things like around the house or with my health. But like, I mean, I was just reading Atomic Habits and I think that's why my mindset is there, but like really putting systems and habits into place so that it's, it, it kind of comes mindlessly. I love that. What do you want to continue doing? I want to continue to focus on getting the to the solution in terms of like when, when things arise, I know you and I talked about that last week, but I really do want to continue that. I love that. And I'm so glad you brought up atomic habits because I can't remember if that was initially a 2018 book for me or a 2019 book for me. I'm thinking it was 2018 because maybe it wasn't, I don't really know what I'm talking about, but either way, (laughs) If you have not read Atomic Habits and you are looking for one book to sink your teeth into and really turn into a practice, I do not advocate my, you know, voracious consumption of books if it means that you are not implementing a lot from what you do. But if you are just looking for one thing to be your guidepost, to be the resource that you keep going back to again and again and again, check out Atomic Habits. And honestly, even if you're not a reader, try Audible. Do you ever use Audible, Sarah? I don't. And it's because I I like to see the words on a page. Mm-hmm. I like to highlight, underline, things like that. I, I, I feel like if I'm listening, I tend to, my mind wanders and I'm not focused. Yeah. What I do for Audible is some books, I'm so like that. Like if I know this is a book I'm going to want to write in and take notes in, I for sure want the physical book. But there are some books that I, especially if they're more business-like books and less personal development, I love to listen on Audible. Or what I'll often do is I will listen a first time through on Audible because that helps me get into it more. Hmm. What I don't like is when I start a physical book and then I never finish it, you know? So what I have found, I don't know if anybody else is guilty of that, but what I have found to be a really, really great tool for making sure that I get through a book all the way is to listen on Audible. And then if I love it or I get really into it, then I'll buy the physical copy and kind of go through it a second time for takeaways and for implementation and all of that kind of stuff. And honestly, if you are new to Audible and you're kind of on the fence and you're like Sarah and you're not really sure that you'll pay attention to it, you can get a totally free trial, 30 days free, and you get your first book free. It might even be your first two books free, but at least your first one book free. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. And we'll link that up in the show notes, audibletrial.com forward slash primal potential. But you have 30 days free on the platform. After that, it's like $14 a month or something like that. Um, And with that, you get a book a month for free. You get a credit for a book every single month. So you you can get a book to listen to every single month for $14 and you get your first month free and your first book free, which I don't know. I think that's pretty awesome. And I would think that that would be great for people that are traveling too. Cause I know so many people like to read, but don't yeah. maybe want to carry a bunch of books. Um, yeah. so yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely. And we, not only are we 
telling people how you can get free books and a free Audible trial, we're also going to give something away today, not just that little tidbit about how to get Audible for free for a month. We are going to give away a box of something you love and I love, and that is the energy sticks that we drink every single day. Is it matcha pomegranate lime? It is. That the flavor? I never can remember what the flavor is. To me, it's very... Um, very mild, but not bland. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So we are going to announce today at the end of the show who we are sending a box of 30 of these energy sticks that Sarah and I both drink every single day. In fact, the boyfriend just took an entire box with him to work today. And I was like, um, yeah, like precious cargo there, kid. Uh, you know, don't spend it all in one place. But yeah, he's a big fan too. He loves it. He's, he's literally really, really into it, which is great because what he used to do is stop and get like some flavored coffee thing on his way to work. And now he just mixes up one of the energy sticks and then he usually has, you know, one or two more throughout the day. But that makes me feel better than him getting some like junky coffee at a gas station. It's not even a gas station. It's a convenience store. But either way, this is way better. Way better. Oh, what was that? Did you hear that? Yes, I did. Was that you? It was my computer. Oh, weird. Anyway, no big deal. Let's keep on rocking and rolling. We're going to give away um, a box of Energy Plus. I feel like we should have like, and surprise, we have a guest on the show, but we don't. <laughs> I feel like that little chime should have been like us announcing something exciting. We already did. We're giving away energy at the end of this show, so stay tuned. All right, we've got questions. Let's dive right into them. All right. This first question is, how do you get your fasting blood sugar so low? So this came up because a few weeks ago, just to give everybody context, I posted on social media um, that I, instead of when you're pregnant, they typically have you do this glucose tolerance test where you drink straight sugar and they measure your blood sugar before and they measure your blood sugar after and they want to make sure that it comes back down in a reasonable amount of time. Well, I declined that test primarily because I don't think it's reflective of reality unless you are drinking you know, 75 to 100 grams of straight sugar on the regular, then why do we need to know how you're handling that? So um, for that reason, I declined that test. And in lieu of that, for a few weeks out of the pregnancy, I was checking my fasting blood sugar. So first thing in the morning when I wake up before I eat or drink anything, and then when I would have breakfast, I would test it two hours later. So people were asking me, how my fasting blood sugar got to be so low. And I think one of the days that I posted, it was like 84 milligrams per deciliter. And one of the other days, it was like 85 or 86 milligrams per deciliter. The, your doctor will tell you if, you, if you Google, you know, fasting blood sugar values, that you want it to be less than 99 milligrams per deciliter the, the flip side of that is greater than 99 milligrams per deciliter fasting can be essentially pre-diabetes, right? So what that doesn't tell us, but we can infer, is that having a fasting blood sugar 
of 98 milligrams per deciliter doesn't mean you're like in the clear. It means that you just don't have prediabetes or you're not at risk for, you know, or maybe you are at risk for prediabetes, but it's, it's not necessarily a healthy value at 98 or 97. It's just the absence of a concern for your doctor. And I'm, I'm giving all of this context kind of before I answer the actual question, because I, I think it's really important that people understand, oftentimes when a doctor gives us a lab value, that lab value that they're saying that we should shoot for is not a healthy value, but merely a value that indicates absence of disease. And not having a disease state or a disease precondition or a concern is not the same thing as being healthy, right? Um, so we could say that 120 over 80 for blood pressure is not a disease state. It's not an alarming thing, but it's not necessarily the healthiest blood pressure value. So if you look at ideal targets for fasting blood sugar, you're typically going to see recommendations for, say, under 87 or under 85 for your fasting blood sugar value. Now, so much of this is a spectrum, too, because if, if your fasting blood sugar used to be 95 and now it's 91 consistently, you're moving in the right direction. So I don't think it's indicative of a problem. It's indicative of a trend that's really good. So I, I always add that context because there's so much more to numbers than just the actual hard value. My fasting blood sugar is usually in the mid to low 80s. So anywhere from like 81 to 84, 85 is pretty normal for me fasting, both while I'm pregnant and before I was pregnant. Um, it could be a little bit lower before I got pregnant. The how I, quote, get it so low I think comes down to consistency. You know, um, I really believe in eating a lot of vegetables. If you were to look at my dinner, it is usually a lot of Brussels sprouts or a lot of cabbage or a lot of broccoli. Um, I really focus on volume coming from vegetables when I can. Pregnancy is a, is a departure from my norm, but just in general, because um, this happened for me over time, Moderate protein, because protein does drive up blood sugar, and I've done separate episodes on, on that and why that is. Um, limiting starch and sugar, but not limiting non-starchy veggies like Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, cabbage, etc. Um, and ample fat. So whether that is coming from coconut oil or from salmon or from chicken thighs or from avocado, that's kind of my process, but the, the real answer is being consistent. I think if there's wild variation in how you eat, like your weekends look so different than your weekdays or Saturday looks so different from Tuesday, I think that's kind of a recipe for a, a bit of a blood sugar roller coaster. Mm, makes sense. Okay, what choices can I make to be a positive me? Oh, this came up last week, I think, too. And I don't remember the exact question, but kind of like, how could you shift your thinking to be, you know, more positive and more productive? I think that was kind of almost exactly the question, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, if I remember correctly. But this one is different in that it's about choices, right? So 
in terms of choices, I think the biggest choice we make is our attitude. And this is something that I am always, always, always working on. It doesn't mean that I think the choice we should always make is to be a relentless optimist. Because sometimes if we're only focused on the optimistic perspective, we might be overlooking some objective facts that we need to take action on. Like if we look at something and say, oh, it's fine, it's no big deal, everything's good, whatever, and we might be overlooking, well, you know what, this isn't acceptable and I want to change it, and so I want to get into action. So I don't think it's as simple as saying, practice being an optimist, be more positive. But I do think there's an opportunity to think more completely. Here's what I mean by that. Let's say that, in fact, I'm going to pick on you and a situation that happened to you very recently when your car got hit in the parking lot. Yeah, let's talk <laughs> so, about that. <laughs> yeah, let, let's go there. So I, I, saw, I saw Sarah the other day and she was like, I was in a hit and run. But she wasn't in the car. She's fine. Everything's good. But she was parked by her store in a very busy, like, you wouldn't call it a strip mall. What do you call the commons? Like shopping center? Yeah. 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 So it's this very, very busy, populated, crowded um, shopping center, upscale. And somebody hit her car. She goes out later. There's physical damage to her car. There's a note on the car to call the police. The police say that a couple of different people called it in, right? Yes. Yeah. But nobody knew who it was and apparently there were no cameras there. If you want to be more positive, you could very much take the approach of like, well, I wasn't in the car and nobody was hurt and it's just a car, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. What I like to do as a practice is be well-rounded in the thinking. So that includes, that really sucks. I hate that somebody would do that. As well as, how great is it that two different people went out of their way to call the police, even though they didn't have really specific information? And it also includes, thank God nobody was hurt and I wasn't in it, and you know, the car is still drivable and all of those things. It's really looking at all of the perspectives because our default will be to the way we think the most or the way we've thought the most. For some people, that means their default is drama, right? And they're still bitching about who hit their car last month. Sarah hasn't mentioned it since the time she told me about it, to me anyway, but Noticing your tendency, your default, for some people, the default is to go to blame. For some people, the default is to go to drama or the trouble. For some people, their default is to see the positive in it. But I think there's real merit in practicing seeing all of the perspectives, you know, all of the different sides of the equation, and then getting to action. What can I do about it? Ultimately, I always come back to this place, which is we create our results. So 
Sarah is in control of how this resolves itself, right? She can, we talked about this, like there's a bank nearby and she could get in touch with the bank to see if they had cameras that see that area. She can get in touch with her insurance company. She can, you know, put cameras on her own store and, and make an effort to park closer so that it's within that. There's so many different things. Even when something happens that's outside of our control, we can go to the place of, how can I create my own results here? Knowing that there are always a number of factors outside of our control, but there's almost always more within our control than there is outside of our control. That's kind of what I think. I love that. And I'm, I'm kind of feeling proud of myself for dealing with it in that way. So thank you. Yeah, you should be. I'm, I'm proud of you for dealing with it in that way because it's a super frustrating thing. It's not a fun thing. It's not a good thing. It's definitely not something we'll be like, oh my gosh, great day. My car got hit and I don't know who did it. Um, but it's also not worth carrying it with you for weeks and being upset about it. And we can get to a solution. It doesn't mean we can't be upset about things, right? I always kind of hesitate when somebody's like, I just want to be an eternal optimist. I think it's great to see the bright side. I also think it's really powerful to affect change where change needs to be effective, affected, which also requires a lot of realism. And this came up the other day. I was talking to the boyfriend because I think we mentioned this last week, the brand new roof was leaking. And we paid a lot of money for this roof. There were add-on charges for this roof. And not only that, in the whole scheme of the construction, when the electrical was redone, we had three or four different electrical problems. When the plumbing was moved, we had two or three different plumbing problems. And it's not even finished, right? We just had a bunch of, you know, come home, there's no hot water. Come home, there's no electricity. Come home, the roof is leaking. An optimist would be like, well, you know what? They're making progress and it's not life-threatening. And a year from now, we won't be thinking about this. All very valid. And I want to consider those perspectives. They are important to me. But like I said to the boyfriend, we also need to come at this from a standpoint of this is not reflective of the type of service that we want to get. This is not reflective of the money that we are putting into this. And so we need to have a conversation, not that says, you suck, we hate you, you're fired, but rather here's a pattern that we're seeing and we're not comfortable with it. How can we work together? What needs to change so that we're not uncovering new problems every single day? Your job is to be in here making sure the work is done right. And if you don't want us, you know, babysitting and being overlords, what do we need to do differently here? And I think that that is a very big part of being positive is knowing that we don't just have to accept it and try to spin it. We have influence over the way things go. Yeah. That can be very powerful. I love that. Yeah. All right. The next question says, consistency is something that I battle with. I start strong, but then the motivation fades. What can I do to maintain that motivation? This is so major for like every human everywhere. And that's probably why we have like over a hundred episodes all about motivation. And I want to start with the fact that it doesn't matter that the motivation fades. Do it unmotivated. That mindset shift alone will change your life. 
You start strong and then the motivation fades. You let yourself off the hook because you're not motivated. That's where we can make the first and the biggest and the most powerful change. I'm not motivated to work out and I don't really care. It's no different than the fact that you go to work when you're not motivated to go to work. And you take a shower when you're not motivated to take a shower. And you pick up your kids from school when you're not, when you're, you know, not motivated to pick up your kids from school. Don't rely on motivation. Every single time that storyline comes into your mind of like, I was doing so well, but I lost my motivation, you go to the place of, and that really doesn't matter. Because feelings will always change. Yes, we can absolutely influence how we feel. We can be sad and do things that make us a little happier. We can be stressed and do things that make us a little bit more relaxed. We can be unmotivated and do things that give us a little bit more drive. But ultimately, feelings will always be variable. Do not hinge your action on your feelings. That is number one. The second thing is know thyself. This comes back again and again and again, and it's the primary foundation of our 12 Weeks to Transformation, awareness, self-awareness. What motivates you? For some people, they're very visual, and having a vision board or looking at some accounts on Instagram that always get them fired up, that really motivates them. For me, it's revisiting my goals and my affirmations and some statements that I have to really redirect me to what I want. We're all different. For my sister, music is a huge motivator. So know thyself. And if you don't know what motivates you, then you have an opportunity to start practicing different things. But ultimately, for everybody, motivation flows from action. It's not a prerequisite to action. So I am more motivated to get work done after I've gotten a couple things done. It is very common that I wake up in the morning feeling very unmotivated so that I know in order to get motivated, I've got to get those first two or three things on my list done. And then I'm like, I'm crushing this day and I feel more motivated, right? Or you're not motivated to work out. So you say, you know what? I'm just going to jog a half a mile. And after that half a mile, you're almost always more motivated than before you started. Motivation flows from action. It's not a prerequisite for action. But at the end of the day, let's not rely on motivation. So the motivation fades. Yep. Expect that. Who cares? Keep going. That's what I have to say about that. I, I love that frame of mind too. I'm the same way with like getting up in the morning and wanting to exercise. But usually I try to think like, okay, then just stretch. Like yep. At least just move your body. Yeah. And then it, it just kind of snowballs. Absolutely. It's that right. way for everything. But anybody who's relying on motivation or letting themselves off the hook based on a feeling, you can't be consistent that way. It's mm -hmm. like, well, you know, I should be nicer to my spouse, but I'm just, you know, not feeling like really loving. Well, if you only act in a loving way when you're feeling really loving, your relationship is going to have some real inconsistencies and some real challenges. Yes. Yeah. All right. The next question says, what are examples of identity journaling questions? 
So we did an entire episode on identity journaling that we should link up in the show notes, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 713. That's really a great question for you. Do you want to share like a couple of the, because you just edited our identity journal. What are a couple of the questions that you like most in the identity journal? Um, let me think. Even roughly, like the the general sentiment of it. Well, I, I sort of like the format of it in, in the the daily affirmations, um, focusing on some priorities, mm-hmm. and what does like the best day look like for today? Yeah. yeah, that's really the essence of it. If I can show up today as the version of me I want to be, what does that look like? If I show up as the version of me I want to be, how am I taking care of myself? What am I eating today? The affirmations are a big part of it and they can be different every day or they can be the same every day or they can be the same for a little while and then they can switch up. Um, But generally it focuses on getting your head centered around what you want to accomplish for that day and how you want to feel for that day. You know, like what is it going to take to win this day? But if you go to primalpotential.com and you search identity journal, um, you'll find the episode that we did. I think it might be 559 or something like that. Why do I keep repeating the same old habits? This came up the other day, um, something similar to it on one of the weekly coaching calls that I do with my 12 weeks to transformation clients. Um, And essentially what the person said was, you know, I really want to eat better and I have a plan to do it. And this came up the other day where, you know, I packed my good clean meal for lunch and then somebody brought in donuts and I walked into the break room and I thought, oh, those would be good. And I'm hungry and they're small. This one thing won't hurt. So in that case, you keep repeating that pattern because you talked yourself into it. Very, very simply. If you tell the story that convinces you, then you're leading yourself to yes. It's absolutely a valid perspective, but it's not the only one because you can also ask yourself, well, what's the path to no on these donuts? And I gave the example on the webinar, um, I follow somebody on Instagram. Her name's Lisa Bilyeu. Her husband is the founder of Impact Theory, used to be one of the founders of Quest Nutrition, as in Quest Bars and Quest Chips and all that kind of stuff. And Lisa has very severe food allergies, like real, real, real severe. And she, when she goes to a restaurant and she needs them to make significant changes to the meal, she'll ask them, you know, what's the path to yes? This is what I need. This is what I can have and what I can't have. What is the path to yes? Meaning who do we need to talk to? What do you need to know from me so that I can get what I need here? And while that's in a very different context, I think it applies so beautifully to habits. Because if you want to build a habit of meditating and you're not doing it, it's because you're taking the path to no to meditating. I don't have time not today, I'm not in the mood, you're bringing yourself through the thoughts that you entertain down a path to no. But if you say to yourself, what is the path to yes, I'll meditate today, 
then maybe it's, I'm going to put it on my calendar. I'm going to do it for at least 60 seconds. You know, there is a path to yes. There is a path to no. When we don't choose something, it is because we are leading ourselves. We are asking the questions. We're answering in such a way that gives us the answer to choose the thing we didn't want to choose in the first place. So we have to look at, okay, if I'm going out to dinner and I said, I'm not going to drink tonight. You can get there and take the path to yes alcohol by saying, oh, everybody else is drinking. I don't want to miss out. I'll just have one. It's no big deal. I'll do better tomorrow. That is the path to, yeah, I'm drinking tonight. But if you ask yourself, what is the path to no, not tonight, then maybe it's, you know, I made this commitment to myself and it matters and I want to feel proud that I kept this decision. And I don't, I don't need it. I want to be somebody who trusts myself that when I go out, I don't have to drink. I have these big goals and this doesn't align with them. I already made this decision and I'm not renegotiating it here in the moment. Are you taking yourself down the path to yes or are you taking yourself down the path to no? And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of the completeness of your thinking, which is one of the primary skills that we work so hard to build through the 12 weeks to transformation process. I just want to add to that if I can too. Please. I know what helps me sometimes is actually visualizing myself saying no and, and using your example of going out and, and having a drink like with dinner, I will visualize what I want to drink, you know, versus the alcohol. So do I, do I feel like a water with lemon or do I feel like, I don't know, a ginger ale or, or something different? And I visualize ordering that versus the alcohol. And I, I, I tend to kind of play that out when I go, which helps me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because a lot of people see the failure. This is what always happens is I go and somebody says, oh, come on, have one. And I do. And then that's what you're visualizing. And sure enough, that's exactly what happens. Mm -hmm. All right. We have one more question here. And it says, how do I keep my daily intake low in carbs, but still take in 21 grams of fiber? Non-starchy vegetables. That one's super easy. So if you are trying to limit or minimize carbohydrates, but you want to get a lot of fiber, and quite frankly, I think 21 grams of fiber is low, um, non-starchy vegetables, because the carbohydrate that you consume when you have Brussels sprouts or broccoli or cauliflower or cabbage, that is coming from fiber. So there is very, very little starch and sugar, in some cases, like basically none, all the carbs that you're getting from those vegetables are in the form of fiber. So that's how. There you go. Easy peasy. We've got a winner. Do you want to say who it is? Because they're getting a box of 30 energy sticks. Yes. And this is from Instagram. And the winner is Focus uh, underscore. <laughs> that left my brain what for that a was called? What is <laughs> yes. that? What is that little line? <laughs> So again, what do we call that? <laughs> Focus underscore fuel underscore and underscore nutrition. I'm really glad got you it. got that because it required you to know it three times. Focus <laughs> underscore fuel underscore and underscore nutrition. If that is your Instagram handle, email Sarah at primalpotential.com, S-A-R-A-H at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days, no matter where you live in the world, we will send you a box of our favorite energy sticks. And if you fail to, we will enjoy them for you, and we will be quite happy about that. So, you know, hey, whatever you want to do, 
can tell. But we give something away every single Saturday. It's always something that we love and we enjoy. Last week, it was a Butcher Box gift card. This week, it's a box of energy sticks. All you got to do is leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts or leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon or you can post on Facebook or Instagram. Be sure to tag me and share something that you have learned or an episode that you have loved of the podcast. And every week we pick a winner. So, all right. I'm excited about what you're going to start and stop and continue. And I'm excited about what I'm going to stop and start and continue. But here's what we both have to do. We got to write that down. And hold each other accountable. Yeah, for sure. Like me for rushing big time. Okay. Yeah. And also too, legit, ask me if I've worked out in the morning before work. Cause that is, I will feel so much better if I don't go through the day feeling like I have to find time to work out because my day just gets away from me really quickly. And I want to, I want to get back to that even with mm-hmm. a, a newborn on the way. Okay. That will help me too. Excellent. We're in it together. Yes. All right, everybody have an amazing day. We will talk to you so soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.